Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are still in our series on joy. Today's conversation is joy, an act of resistance. Before we get started, I have a question for you all, and that is, what is the best and the worst thing that happened to you this week? Enjoy. So we are still in our series in Philippians, which you might have guessed because last week was the first week. So yeah, we're still in it. Um, and we are in a series on joy. And I'm really excited about this series, uh, excited what we might learn as a community through it together. But before we get started this morning, before we jump in, I just want to take a few minutes and get us sort of in a space and ready to talk about joy um, and to do that, I'm going to show you a bunch of my favorite pictures from my phone. <laughs> so Sammy posted this picture of me in a beanie, and then instantly our friend sent us this message that said, I don't know why. <laughs> oh, and it never fails. The next one. Um, if you weren't here during Pride Month, Tim Lim saying worship in these shoes. If you can't see, this is the heel. So that's Pride Month at New Abbey. So uh, this is my brother-in-law and his best friend. My brother-in-law, um, unfortunately, is not gay, but his best friend, anytime they have pictures, we write things like, cutest couple alert, and it makes me happy. <laughs> um, this is the time we went to see our friend's kids, and Sammy matched both of them. And isn't that just cute? Come on. You guys, this is Sammy on the cover of Little Sports Illustrated. (laughs) That's just a bulldog we saw somewhere. (laughs) This is my dog when he got a new toy. Just handsome and happy. Okay, we went to Mark's and Paul's house the other day, and they had drinks, like, ready for us. Imagine walking up to drinks. We don't deserve them. This is Caden painting our new space. If that doesn't bring you joy. Um, I keep in my phone a cast of the Mighty Ducks 2. Um, Goldberg, if Goldberg the goalie doesn't bring you joy, I don't know what can. Um, We went to Mexico City this week and through an unfortunate case of language barrier, ended up ordering this giant whole fried fish. And it just made me happy. I uh, got an Uber a little bit ago, and we asked our Uber driver what he did. He said, I'm also a balloonist. And we said, prove it. No and he did that while driving, people, <laughs> while driving. He made that. Oh I know. <clears throat> so uh, Corey and I went on a staff retreat a year and a half ago when it was just me and Corey on staff, so it was just us. And we went to this bar where you write, like, on a dollar and pin it up. And Corey was so excited to put a new Abbey dollar on there, and then... Just misjudged the spacing. <laughs> new ab. And that dollar's in my wallet, and I'm never going to get rid of it. New ab. It's so my mom meeting her favorite internet gay, Kevin Garcia. I know, she's never been happier. It's just a purse I saw that I like. <laughs> yeah. This is Corey after... <laughs> After my birthday party, um, 
He arrived in full clothes, but he just left with just his boots. Same as robe. Um, okay, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but every week, wait, where's Jeff? Yes, every week Aggie does this when it's time for communion, just sits down at the table like a table, and it is the most adorable thing. So look out for that this week. This is Sammy, my dad, immediately after our wedding, and this picture just brings me so much joy. Okay, so, um, <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, so, Ipa and Sabrina got married, and Corey wasn't able to come to their wedding, and so after the wedding, they were like, let's FaceTime Corey. So we FaceTime Corey, and this is immediately what shows up. Um, I cropped it. I cropped it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Someone holding a dog in a Crown Royal bag. So, I don't know. This is our friend Lauren. This is just how she is all the time. So, it's just a good picture of her. This is my favorite Enneagram 7 meme. I feel like it will set us up well for me preaching today. So with that, I feel like we're ready to uh, talk about joy. We are in the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. It starts like this. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear through the whole place, palace guard, and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains... Most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains." But, who, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. So we are in the book of Philippians. Uh, Paul here is in jail, um, imprisoned. Um, and this is the passage of scripture we have. And what's beautiful about this passage of scripture is it's essentially saying, when I thought the story of good news was going to stop because of my own suffering, the story actually kept going and went further than ever. And if that doesn't sound like something we can all relate to, right, then maybe it's just me. So I want to talk about, uh, we talked about a lot about good news and what the good news actually is, Right? This good news of the gospel that everyone has a place, that everyone belongs, that everyone has value. And in this series, we're going to be talking about the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, wow, it's just so much laughing, that everyone has an opportunity for joy, but that might look different than we think. So I wanted to mystify something um, up front and tell you where we're going this morning. And I want to arrive at a point where we understand that joy is not a destination, that sounds like something you saw on Pinterest, but it's just I'm going with it, okay? It's a journey, not a destination. Um, but joy is not a destination. Joy is not an arrival. Joy is not somewhere we get and then we get to stay there forever. And the reason I'm saying that is because I grew up sort of understanding joy in that way. 
that once you have it, once you find it, you have it forever. The joy of the Lord is going to be my strength, and I'm never going to let this joy go, and I have arrived at joy. But maybe joy is not so much of a destination as it is something that is there when we need it, right? Joy essentially is the sword of Gryffindor. (laughs) I had to. But we have a lot of this messaging that tells us that joy is our destination, right? So go with me if this sounds at all familiar. Please join in. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And if we rip, you can sit on a spike. Literally, we do not have the time to unpack the second verse of that song. (laughs) We were singing it literally last night at Marcia Paul's house, and they're like, if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on a spike. And I was like, was that what we were singing (laughs) as children? Okay. So we're just going to focus on the first part of the song. I'll let Corey unpack uh, the next part. But we've got this messaging that says, when joy comes to me, it will stay forever. And that is my dream sermon. But it's unfortunately not my actual reality, right? And part of this verse actually points at one of my biggest fears in life, that if suffering comes, if sadness comes, then joy will be done. Then good news will be no more. Then there will be no more spreading of that story. I'm a strong Enneagram 7 in that way, but I think we can all sort of relate to that. And I was talking to uh, someone about it the other week, (laughs) that's someone being my therapist, but I was going through, I had a really, really hard week a few weeks ago. Um, Had a lot of stuff going on in my family, a lot of confusion as to what we were dealing with, and there was just so much going on, so much heaviness, and I was sitting in her office, and I was crying, and I was like, I just am scared to let this be true, because if it's true, then I think I'll never be happy again. Um, And she said, that's interesting, because has that ever happened before? And I was like, no, but this might be the time, right? (laughs) Which is my fear, right? That there is going to be a kind of suffering that comes, a kind of imprisonment, a kind of pain that comes, and that will be the thing that does not allow joy to ever return. And I have this fear that once I let go of any joy that I found, if I engage with my pain, if I engage with my suffering, then I will never be able to grasp that joy again. It's gone. We were listening to um, Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, and... um, Hashtag, we should be sponsored at this point by Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. <laughs> and she was talking to Eckhart Tolle. <clears throat> and he was saying this. He was talking about joy. And he said, joy is a muscle that we grow like anything else. And to grow a muscle, you need resistance. If you want to grow your physical muscles, if you want to physically grow your muscles, what do you do? You have to put your body through a certain amount of pain, and that pain has to increase as the muscles increase. Or so I imagine. <laughs> um, 
But if you want to build that, you need resistance. And joy is the same way. Jess's story was so beautiful this morning. Just clearly articulated that because of these things, not in spite of these things, but because of these things, the well for joy grew deeper. I've said this so many times in here, and I'll keep saying it, what a mentor told me. You can only experience joy to the depth at which you're willing to experience pain because they come from the same well. And so sometimes in our life, it looks like taking the lid off the whole thing. And we deepen all of it. There's um, Sammy and I were traveling this week, and we are so behind on this, but I guess someone made a song for each Enneagram number. Did you guys know this? Yeah. Like, did you know it a long time ago? <laughs> we just found out. So someone's like, you got to listen to the song for your Enneagram number. And so we listen, and Sammy listens to the nine song, and she's like literally like, I mean, really crying at the airport. <laughs> like, it's okay. Um, and so I listen to the seven song, and there is this one part that absolutely gutted me, but feels like part of our sermon today. The lyric goes like this. How wonderful to see a smile on your face. It costs farewell tears for a welcome home parade. A secret handshake between me and my one life. I'll find the silver lining no matter what the price. Here's a reality that I don't want to be true in life is that it costs farewell tears for a welcome home parade. You want the thing, you want the goodbye, you want the reunion, then you got to have the separation. Right? Or to put it in uh, Christ terms, you want the resurrection, you need what? The crucifixion. This last part that says, I'll find the silver lining no matter what the price, absolutely gutted me because that's what it feels like sometimes looking for joy is it's actually hard freaking work. You have to choose it. There is a moment where you are experiencing tension and lightness will come your way and you have to decide whether or not you are going to allow that lightness to take root. Does anyone remember being so sad that you thought you would never be happy again? And do you remember your first laugh after that? It's like, guttural, right? I'll never forget. I will literally never forget this moment. My grandmother passed away. It will be 12 years ago. And my grandmother was the matriarch of our entire family unit. My mom is one of 10. Um, And so big Mexican family, just, I mean, perfect Grandma, for some reason, Mexican grandmas, I don't know why, but they just start shrinking. So she was so perfect. And, um, <clears throat> and when she passed away, I mean, we were just all, I mean, like, ho- I, I, I remember at that point in my life thinking, I did not know you could be this sad. Um, and we were at her funeral, and they are lowering um, the casket in the ground. And we're, I mean, we're just... You can imagine, right? And my, one of my um, cousins at the time was about three. And three-year-olds, they don't really know what's going on, right? This is just a, they're in a park, basically, right? Um, and so, of course, his parents are doing what we're all doing. We're mourning. And so they weren't necessarily keeping track of him. And so as the coffin's going down, he runs up with, like, a toy truck and just... Michael Jordan's it in, and you just hear it like, do, do, do. And it's like, I mean, there's probably 50 of us there in that moment who have, we have options. Do we let that lightness in? Or do we just pretend like that never happened and continue on, right? And we, I mean, we all burst, you can't, 
You can't not, right? And it had such deep, like deep laughter. Even when I think about that moment, I'm just like, that was literally the wildest thing that has ever happened. Like at the, at the moment, literally of the deepest pain came like one of the deepest laughs I've ever had. Just to like see and like, I mean, it's like, and like slow motion, all of us were like. And the great thing about letting joy and letting lightness into moments like that is I don't want to tell you that just look on the bright side or to demystify or to say that's how you get over pain because right after that, we went back to mourning. But that moment of joy gave us a lightness that we needed to experience the mourning in a different way than we were before. And that's where maturity comes in because sometimes it's really hard to let that lightness in. Sammy and I, this has happened to us multiple times. We have been in an argument, okay, a serious discussion of sorts, um, one time in particular, like, we were both, like, crying, and our dog just let one rip. <laughs> like, clear a room. <clears throat> and we're just sitting there, like, I'm mad, she's mad, because whatever we're arguing about. And you're like, do we, do we, do we acknowledge that our dog literally just farted in our faces, or are we just going to keep arguing like nothing happened, right? And at that moment, you know that tension. Like, everyone in this room knows that tension. When you are angry, or you are frustrated, or you are sad, and something happens that has the ability to bring lightness, and you resist it. Like, at first, like, the first, I'm telling a serious story about smelling a fart, but at the first moment where I, like, smelled it, I was like, yeah, but I'm going to ignore it because I want to get my point across, you know? <laughs> like, I've become comfortable in these mad feelings, or I've become comfortable in these frustrated feelings. I'm comfortable with these sad feelings. I'm comfortable with this pain. I'm comfortable in this cell. I'm comfortable with this imprisonment. So I don't want to let that lightness in because I've made a home here. And the reality is that it takes some maturity. Sometimes it takes a fight. It takes strength. It takes letting that lightness in is sort of work. And it doesn't sound like joy should be the kind of thing that is work, but sometimes it is. Joyous work is the kind of thing that says, yes, I am in prison, but even in prison, I can see that the story is advancing. I'm going to let the lightness of that sink in, and that doesn't change the reality that I'm in suffering. That doesn't change the reality that we need to go back and circle back to that conversation, but it's going to feel different now that we allow that lightness in. <clears throat> There's something so special and sacred to me about joy um, because I love it, I crave it, it's what I want, it's what I look for at every turn. It's been the hardest lesson in my life to understand that the story and the joy deepens through resistance, through pain. And if that's where you find yourself this morning, whether you're experiencing the lightness of joy or you're experiencing the heaviness of pain, know that they both work towards the same end. The story of the good news is still going. Like I said in the beginning, this whole passage, this whole experience is talking about a, a time when you thought you were so sad that you would never feel joy again. Or a time where you thought where the story was so done that it wouldn't advance again. And yet here we are with stories still being told and opportunities for lightness. This does not minimize pain. 
This does not say that once you find joy, you will never experience suffering again. Once you find joy, the place that you found it will always be once you found joy. Once you find joy, it will never slip through your hands. No, that's not true. But we have opportunities to allow lightness into our pain, into our life, and into our suffering, and that takes a certain amount of work. There's this um, artist who wrote these words that have been haunting me recently. She says, what if the darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? What if sometimes the things that we're experiencing aren't making the story end? What if they're building the story to keep going? What if our experiences of pain are opening up experiences for massive amounts of joy? I think that joy is something that is there when we need it. I think joy is something that is there when we look to see it. And I think that joy is something that we have to work to allow in our lives. Sometimes it won't feel natural. Sometimes it won't feel right. But I think it's the thing that we need to break up the heaviness of our lives because there's no way around suffering. If there's no way around suffering, that means there's no way around more amounts of joy because the two go hand in hand. With that, you're going to get back in your groups and answer this question. What is one area of your life that you need to let lightness in and how might you do that? If that doesn't work, talk about something else. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.